Howdy. Hi. Well, that was unexpected. Hello, howdy. I know. I, know. I was like, I'll trick her. I'll trick everybody. <laughs> you tricked us. You tricked us really good with that one, Rebecca. Your roots are coming out. Yep. And not only my hair. <laughs> What a stupid joke. I almost said the same thing. And then I was like, it's too stupid. (laughs) It's too stupid. And I was like, it's just stupid enough. (laughs) It's just the right amount of stupid. (sighs) My my little nephew's not allowed to say stupid at school. So when he comes home and his mom Mm -hmm. says something stupid, he's like, that's a bad word. Hmm. Are we, so we're not, is it like crap? Like how it's just it's, I guess. Was that a bad like, word when, when we were little? Yeah, we couldn't say crap at school, probably. I wasn't allowed to say crap at my house. And really I mean around my mom. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to say crap either, I don't think. Yeah. So it I I wonder if like they can't say it at all. Not just like you can't call someone stupid. It's like a it's the I S word think, for them. Yeah. I think it's like you're not allowed to say anything is stupid. And I'm like, what's wrong with saying something stupid? I mean, like, what are you supposed to replace that with? You're just supposed to say that's nonsensical or that's not smart or that's ridiculous. That's. Yeah. How dumb dumb is probably the the alternative. Yeah. This is the kindergartner who's not allowed to say it. But I think maybe I can't I can't remember if it's at his current school or when he was in daycare. But either way, Mm. he's like, mom, you can't say that when she says (sighs) stupid. And she's like, yes, I can. Yeah, well, she's like, I'm, it's like that. It's it's him learning to the uh, the whole adults have different rules thing that I used to yeah. abhor yeah. as a child. Yeah. He can, wow, we he really can say went that. On a, yeah, I I abhor this. Yeah, teach him abhor, abhor with an <laughs> emphasis will. on whore. <laughs> Dude, we've been talking for so long without even explaining. Hey, everybody, this is the Schmodcast. Hmm. Schmodcast, the podcast, episode number 20, titled... I like the way you move. (laughs) This is just a podcast of two PLPs living in their own home. Oh, I'm so, so excited. That was such a good strap line. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't listened to our most recent episodes, excuse me, our most recent episodes. Episodes, exactly. You may have, uh, you may not realize we just moved. We moved literally from next door we were renting a house and we bought our neighbor's house and now it's our house and we had to move into it so that's why i like the way you move (laughs) (laughs) mouth music it's like i love i love that song specifically for all of the mouth music which is when you make music with your mouth everybody that's why it's called mouth music Another familect that Rebecca and I developed years ago, um, mouth music. It's when you're like, beep, bop, boop, bop, bop, ba, dip, boop, mm, boop, mm, ba, da, mm, those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. But it's not and the I'm, same as humming. It's actually like you're no. doing all of the instrumentation with your yes. mouth. Yes. Yes. Mouth music. It's different. We'll give you examples <laughs> over the years. I'm Rachel, by the way. And I'm Rebecca, the one that keeps going, ba, da, da. That's me, yeah, Rebecca. Mouth, the mouth musicer. <laughs> So Rebecca, for our little intro today, so we haven't schmodded for a couple weeks because of visitors and moving and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the main thing that's been on our mind is this move, which is why my intro question for you is, what is something that you are adjusting to in our new place? Oh, man, you know what's, 
I got this ahead of time, everybody, so you'd think I would have a better answer. I know you're acting instead, like I, the, your oh, response was what? very close. Wow. Oh, I had never thought oh. about this. <laughs> well, so there's there's the regular adjustments of just like you're in a new place. So when you open your eyes in the morning, you're like, ah, where am I? Because everything looks different. Yeah. So there's that kind of adjustment. But one of the things that I'm really enjoying about this move and this new home is it just kind of feels like I've always been here. I don't know mm. how else to describe it. Like... I'm just really comfy here. There's none yeah. of that. I, I don't, you know, when you're in a new spot, there's the there's that feeling of like, I haven't yet settled or I don't really belong, that kind of a feeling. But maybe it's just because it's our first house that we bought. But yeah. I just feel, I don't know, I just feel really comfortable here. You so do there's seem really that. at ease. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Yeah. What about you? What are you adjusting to in the new place? Uh, well, I like your answer better. Mine are going to seem shallow now, but, um, my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't have had me go first. I know yours was beautiful. And mine was that I'm readjusting to hand washing the dishes because we don't have a dishwasher anymore. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, the reason it's not on my list is because that's not, I haven't been really doing any washing. You did the dishes this morning. Well, but I did it so you would compliment me. Like I didn't and do it I, because it's my actual labor. <laughs> I've been waiting until this very moment to say I'm so impressed. I could hear you doing the dishes while I was lounging in bed. And I was like, that's my platonic life partner out there doing yep. the dishes. Beep, bop, beep, boop, boop. Yeah. That's what the Thank dishes were saying so to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a little readjustment. Another thing mm-hmm. I'm adjusting to that is more beautiful than hand washing dishes is <laughs> that we can see the sunset from our oh. living area like from our be- from where we sit to like read books or chit chat or watch tv you can mm-hmm. see the sunset and we couldn't see that from the old place I just started crying because I just remembered how pretty it was yesterday after I said yeah. it wasn't going to be pretty like the whole sky got all pink yeah. for like five minutes for us Ugh. It's so Folks, good she's literally crying about this right now. So because I remembered how pretty it was. Yeah, it was That's, so pretty. It's so pretty it could literally bring you to tears. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. Another thing I'm adjusting to that actually leads us really well into our connects and corrects is that we have a new relationship with chickens. Oh yes. You know what? That yeah. is, that has been an adjustment. That yeah. one. That that I feel it's a little bit like. Um, I keep remembering I forgot something feeling. That's that's something yes. that I'm working yeah. on detaching from. Yeah. So so we're instead of doing connects and corrects because our brains are just all completely focused on the move. Our our mm-hmm. connects and corrects section today is going to just be only chicken chat. We oh, are going to yes. update you guys on all things chicken, starting with. Rebecca, maybe you can describe to our listeners, like, what is our new relationship with chickens? What has changed in our our poultry lives? Right. Well, okay. So <laughs> the biggest change is that we do not have a coop at this place. And the good news is next door still exists. And so all of our chickens we've been taking care of are just next door. And they're, they're birds, so they're easily able to get over between our yards. So we still see them a lot, but they're not our chickens. So we're, we're having to do the mental shift of like those chickens belong to the house next door, not to us. But mm-hmm. it's a little bit weird because we still get to see them. And for right now, we're still feeding them until um, new tenants move in next door. So 
it's fun to still go over there. We still get the eggs. Yeah. Um, we still get to feed them. But we are we're having to also just change our language up that they're not our chickens. They're just the chickens that live next door. Yeah, so there's old there are old chickens. Yeah. So I guess we're basically foster we were foster parents for the last year was basically how yeah, it was. Yeah, that's kind of how it was. And for those of you wondering why we didn't just bring the chickens with us, well, first of all, many of those chickens came with the house. A couple mm-hmm. of them we added later as some of the old gals died off but I think the um the owners of the place we were renting would have let us have all of them except that if we tried to move them literally next door these are free-range chickens they would probably just keep going back to their old coop mm-hmm. so it and probably just would have worked really nice like they it's have a like nice a full coop. it's like almost a mansion it's definitely like oh, a big yeah it's a big coop that could easily fit 15 chickens and there's only five or six that sleep there so they've got lots yeah. of room it's really pretty colors so whatever we built here would have to be smaller yeah and it just wouldn't be as good it wouldn't be as attractive to those the, well those, and those chickens. chickens have been living there for so long too like most of them are basically retired Mm-hmm. And it would kind of be a big deal to expect them to just like move to a new place when they've got right. their patterns next door. So we left them, but we are checking in on them. But we have some other mega chicken updates. And I should give everybody a trigger warning. Yep. Because this this chicken chat does involve mm-hmm. discussion of chicken death. Mm-hmm. And if that's not comfy to you, maybe this is not the episode for you. We are going to describe some chicken death. And also, actually, double trigger warning later in the episode, we are going to talk about human death a little bit, too, giving you a little sneak peek at what my hot top is. Oh. Well, so the good if, news is we've done this before with them. So if, they've, if this is not your first time, you've heard about chicken death a lot. And we promise to do our best to make it upbeat if we can. Let's make that our goal, Rachel. Well, and just like real, not like unnecessarily <laughs> traumatic, but like we're just describing some actual real events that we experienced. Everybody's okay. <laughs> you know, everybody's fine and also death is a part of life, but if that's if you're not in the right headspace for that today, let's it, or if like thinking about in particular like innocent animals dying is really uncomfortable for you, maybe just wait for next week. New episode or just new topic. Skip ahead like fifteen minutes, probably yeah. because my my hot top is not deep or about death. So spoiler okay, alert: cool. you can go on over to me 10, 15 so minutes. From most now. of the time, if you hear Rebecca's <laughs> voice, it's probably something you can take. If you hear my voice, you might want to fast forward. So <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay. So the first the first chicken chat I wanted to tell our listeners about was zombie roosters. Oh, I do you want to tell it? I want you to you tell it. Oh, this is good. Since, okay. It starts I, with I, you and then I'll jump in where I get involved. Me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's what happens, folks. So Old House has like six domesticated chickens who live in the coop. They're free range. They do whatever they want. And as many of you know from listening, there's also some feral fowl that um, have a million babies and have started, like, coming over to hang out at our coop. They don't sleep there, but they, like, eat there and they hang out. Mm-hmm. Well, we we like those ones, but also, like, they're a nuisance. Um, mm-hmm. We don't try to prevent them from eating the food that we feed our chickens, but we also, like, aren't, like, inviting them to come live with us. There's too many. It's too many chickens. Yeah. So we also discovered that there's, like, 
quite a few roosters, um, jungle fowl, as many call them here, that mm-hmm. were roosting in a big um, lychee tree in the back orchard of the old place. Mm-hmm. We're not sure if they're like related, if they're the progeny of these other nice wild hens that eat with us or not. Their coloring was kind of similar to our rooster. So we were like, maybe he's the dada. We don't know. Yeah, but they also have maybe maybe not because they're they're substantially older than they do seem older than than the the Amy progeny the Amy home yeah. progeny. So yeah. we're not sure. Jury's out. We just noticed them maybe a couple weeks back, just showing up, being annoying, and Han hanging was out like, on the lychee tree, like fighting each other in the tree and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. being annoying. causing a ruckus, being roosters, yeah. basically. Yeah. You you all know what roosters are like. So, anyways, so then in the midst of this move, I'm like walking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between the old house and the new, and mostly through the back orchard because there's a gate there that we can go through that's most convenient. And one day I'm walking over there and I notice two of those jungle fowl roosters are laying on the ground under the lychee tree face down. It's like mid-morning. Mm. This is a weird behavior. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I are they dead? Like they're not just like – they're not dust bathing. And then I see them start to twitch. <gasps> Both of them like face down, start like – flapping their feathers it was so scary it was so gross um their eyes were closed and they were like face down in the dirt but they would like lurch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they were mostly dead but not all the way aka zombie roosters. zombie roosters exactly yeah. they're they're dead and they're alive but they're yeah. something's bad something is very very wrong so i'm like do i need to do cpr like what Ew. Which of our chickens is most prepared to do chicken first aid? Mm -hmm. Nobody's prepared. So instead, I text some humans that I know that deal with chickens, and they're like, that sounds like they got into some poison. Like they either ate some poison somewhere, which we don't have any poison out at either of the houses. So they Mm -hmm. didn't eat it here. But again, these are wild roosters, so who knows. They either ate some poison or they ate like a rat who had eaten poison. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to let nature take its course. I like move on. I'm moving things. I'm totally grossed out, but I'm also just like, what happens, happens. Yep. And then yep. hours, hours, hours later, those things are still twitching. Yep. They're still zombie slash not totally dead yet. They're still twitching. <laughs> Which is now making me upset because i i i pull rebecca in because we're like we probably shouldn't let them just keep suffering like this is this is cruel Mm -hmm. but anyway long story short we ended their suffering which was not as easy as we thought it would be it Mm -hmm. was thankfully all rebecca while i stood about 10 feet away literally screaming but unable (laughs) to stop myself yeah i just we don't want to be overly detailed about this, but basically I didn't want them to keep suffering and we knew right. they were definitely not going to make yeah. it. So, so we, she ended their suffering. We set and then them free from we, this mortal coil. Yeah. And they had really beautiful tail feathers. So once we were done screaming and gagging, 
We also Googled whether you can just like pluck beautiful tail feathers so that their Mm -hmm. lives wouldn't be in vain. And now we have a can with like probably 20 beautiful long green rooster tail feathers. Yep. Yeah. And so that's where we're going to celebrate their life, honor them. And also, I can't wait to see what Rachel makes out of that. Maybe I know a headdress, probably a headdress. I might be officiating some weddings and I need I need probably a feather. Or not in a like not in a like native appropriation way in a like arts and crafts kind of a way. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you labeled that in case people thought that's what you were going for. Yeah. All of a sudden I said feather headdress and it sounded really kind of racist. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Would you like to tell our friends about how we almost adopted some sweet pet chickens? Yeah. So this one is also um, just like the zombie rooster story. A lot of this is like I'm trapped at work on calls all the time and I'm like noticing texts that I can't really respond to. So this this story is funny from my perspective because there is like next door we've mentioned Scott and Tracy. They have this like gorgeous coop and they had four chickens and um, two roosters or one is a rooster and then the other ones are hens. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so they alerted us um, that. There is an EO, which is the native hawk that lives here, um, like a medium-sized hawk, had um, gotten one of their chickens and was no- showing no signs of leaving because it saw the three yeah. other chickens. This hawk and was this just is- like chilling in a tree waiting to kill more chickens. Yeah. And it was quite the quite the feat because the hawk is like almost the size of the chicken, but they're just – it's a hawk. So it's like beaks yeah. and claws. It just really did it. Well, so it's a conflict, of course, because the the very endangered endemic hawk is doing what it's supposed to do. It's being nature. And these are like Scott and Tracy's little sweet feathered babies, and they didn't want anything bad to happen to them. Hand-fed, beautiful young chickens. Mm -hmm. So even though we had previously stated many times that we weren't going to have a coop in our yard and we weren't, we were just going to be so busy with the house, we didn't want to take on more responsibility, they asked us if we would be willing to rehome the chickens to our place. And I was curious if the hawk would just be smart enough to fly across the street, but I I didn't want to get into it. I was like, he's, we're just well hopeful we can solve this problem. So the, the, as you can tell, because we started this whole thing by saying we don't have chickens right now, um, they ended up finding a different and I think better home because it's like a big coffee farm. And yeah. there's a, a young girl who's always, always, always wanted chickens that got to adopt the chickens and get the really beautiful coop that's yeah. made. So, so we're we, really happy for those chickens, cause, especially because they avoided the zombie rooster situation over here. Yeah, because that happened shortly before. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, yeah, they so it's just like... like narrowly avoided the dog situation which is Mm -hmm. that there is also a dog that like just cannot be contained and keeps finding its way over to these chickens and we've actually mentioned her before her name's dallas we mentioned it because she took she got a couple of our young feral chickens that yeah and we were like 14 like a month ago it was like, okay, they're feral chickens. Like, there's meat in the dog food that she's being fed anyway, and these are, like, random feral chickens. I don't feel any sort of way ethically about that. But in another interesting story about rooster tail feathers, <laughs> this dog recently did get a chunk out of our old rooster, Han Solo. 
So we knew that the dog had been in the yard. Her owner came and got her and was like super apologetic and was like trying to keep her out of the yard. And we're like, we don't think anybody's been harmed. But the rooster was missing. And we were like, ugh, he's probably dead in the jungle somewhere. We don't know. The next day, Han Solo shows right back up. But he has no tail feathers. Yep. I I don't know if y'all are picturing what a rooster looks like right now, but their like signature feature is these like long cascading tail feathers. And Hans were green and shimmery, metallic. Mm-hmm. They were his beauty. They were mm-hmm. his beauty. Basically Samson's long braid if you remember yes. Samson and Delilah from the Bible. Yes. It's 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 what gave him value basically was his all his powers definitely and he's over there now with a bald butt Mm -hmm. and it is a very bizarre looking thing to see a regular beautiful rooster with a bald butt and no cascading Mm -hmm. tail feathers yeah it's like the opposite of a mullet Because the Mm -hmm. front half of him is still regular, covered in feathers, and the back half is like the butt part of a chicken that you get at the grocery store. Yeah. It's just all skin, even his little nubby tail butt. You can see his little tail now. Yeah. Because it's like he got a Brazilian wax. Like the whole But like a bad one that's like a little bit mangled. Oh, there's scabbies. It was it was definitely that. I like to tell the story that he jumped in the fray to keep Dallas from his his girls, his hens, and Dallas got a hunk of that those long, beautiful, cascading tail feathers and just ripped them out. And it is like it is the wildest thing because he literally looks like half his body is missing when he comes walking up. It's so <laughs> gross, you guys. Like I'm I'm proud of him, and also I cannot look at him. It's disgusting. Yeah. 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 And I don't so, want to be shallow, but like it turns out one of the main I think, reasons I really like yeah. Han is because he was gorgeous. I think it's okay when it comes to chickens to be kind of shallow <laughs> about their yeah. appearance. I think that's allowed. I mean, this just comes back to our debate about do chickens have souls? I say definitely not. Rebecca thinks maybe they do, but I I just don't know how we can tell. I don't know how I you know. can prove it. I just want to like open. A, f- a future conversation is the debate <laughs> over like whether animals have souls and which ones mm-hmm. do. But in case yeah. anyone was wondering what's up, the answer continues to be chicken butt. Chicken butt, that's so funny. Yes. <laughs> what's up? It is still chicken butt. It's still a chicken butt. Oh, okay, y'all. That is that's all of our chicken chat for today. I know you're welcome. And one other <laughs> little um connects and corrects um I wanted to tell you about Rebecca is that for months now, I think. I've had a little um, audio clip for us to start using um, oldest nephew. Do you say oldest or eldest? I think you can say either. Okay. My eldest, elder nephew. I wonder if, I wonder if you still, like, if it means, we're going to look into this, but I'm curious if you say eldest meaning, like, living, and then oldest was, like, the first yeah. one. Yeah. You know, know something something I've learned from another podcast I love, um, Tig and Cheryl True Story, is that there's just no way to know. Yeah. Sometimes we ask questions that you could easily Google, and instead I'm going to say there's no way to know. Oldest, it's eldest. Just, it's impossible. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Okay, so my eldest nephew um, thought that I could use some sound effects for our podcast. 
And he provided me with one that I'm going to play for you now. And then um, uh, I want you to be on the lookout for good times that we could be using this in the podcast. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I got to share my sound with you one second. Okay. Are you ready for the sound effect? Yes. Here it comes. Doing. Did you hear it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doing. Yeah. Doing. So, um, be on the lookout for good moments to use that and or maybe I'll try to add it to a new intro or I'm thinking about making an outro song for our schmod as well. Oh. So uh, maybe there will be a doing in it. That was really good. I'm glad. I, thank you, Christopher. That was, <laughs> that was really nice of you to make those sounds oh. for us. Yeah. It was really good. Okay, <laughs> let's get to the meat of things, okay? We've done our intro. We've done our Connects and Corrects chicken chat. And it's time, I think, for Hot Tops. Do you have a preference? Who goes first? Um, Why don't you go first, just in case people are were afraid of the trigger? Oh, that okay. That way we'll lump everybody in. Lump it all we'll in. we'll do mine at the Okay. We'll just lump it. Yeah, if you've been fast-forwarding through the chicken trauma and you're now listening to Hot Tops, just know that this is, again, going to be about death. Keep it um, moving. Cool. My <laughs> my um, topic is the top five regrets of the dying. Oh, So wow. we've, we've talked sort of like briefly before about um, what do people uh, on their deathbeds like most report as like their regrets in life. And there's actually a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying – by a woman named Bonnie Ware. Um, she was a, um, not a hospice nurse. What was her actual role? She was working in palliative care. So she, she like sat with a lot of people in their final days and um, was kind of came up, it's not really scientifically, but basically anecdotally came up with what she has experienced people reporting, the top five things that people report. Um, she, she first made a blog post about this in 2009 and it was super popular. So in 2012, she expanded that blog post into a memoir, a book called the top five regrets Mm -hmm. of the dying. And here are the five things according to Bonnie Ware that are the top five regrets of the dying. Number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Oh yeah. I think I don't know. Maybe it's even just um, definitely societal. Maybe there's something even biological that in our early years makes us predisposed to care what other people think about us. And Mm -hmm. it's a little bit hard to parse out when to listen to that and when not to. And so a number one challenge that many people face in their lives is to decide when to stop doing what other people expect of you and just live true to yourself and explore like what that looks like for you so I wonder if any part of that is even just like when people get put on a specific track or they find themselves on a path that they don't think they can exit you know they, they feel yes. like they yeah. just have to keep living yes. wherever they are well, and especially because are. of capitalism so like this like forces <laughs> us all to like keep running in the hamster wheel right it's really hard mm-hmm. once you're going at a certain speed it's really hard to get off that wheel without injuring yourself 
Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. Great metaphor. Good job. Okay. <laughs> Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Mm. That one doesn't surprise me too much. Right. Yeah. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. So things that people wanted to say that they didn't, you know, telling someone how they really feel, uh, that requires a lot of vulnerability. And as Brene Brown has taught us, vulnerability is hard. Mm -hmm. Number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Mm. Yeah. And number five is I wish I had let myself be happier. Which I think kind of ties into that first one about living true to yourself and not just what other people expect of you. But yeah, maybe it also speaks a little bit more towards like us feeling like we have to always be like stressed and producing and seeking instead of just settling in and being happy. I like the way these are written too because it, it all of them still have like a sense of agency to them. Like I wish I had let myself been mm-hmm. happier, not just I wish I was happier. I wish I had been happier, just I wish I'd let yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. So so those are Bonnie Ware's um interpretations of the top five regrets of the dying. And then after her book in 2012, um some people have researched this further, and there's a 2018 study that reached very similar conclusions. They found that most people um, nearing death will express ideal-related regrets, like failing to follow dreams, failing to follow, uh, live up to your full potential. Um, I also, just because I'm like really into this topic, I follow quite a few different accounts on Instagram that like to talk about regrets of the dying. Um, and one of them, her name's Past Life Michelle, and she like she thinks a lot about life and death, but um, in particular, um, she believes that like people have multiple lives and can remember past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, um, what struck me the most about the list is how similar it is to the regrets I hear people express when they remember the experience of dying in a past life. Mm. Just let that sink in for a minute. When I hear things like that, I wonder if I'm a new soul or not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think we can have many lives. And I also think like different iterations like allow us or don't Mm -hmm. allow us to remember that for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's also an Instagram account I really like called Growth Incubator that looks into this concept from a like gender perspective. point of view and says that if you're a man statistically your biggest regret at the end of your life will be drum roll please i wish i had spent more time with my family oh well yeah yeah obvious work right yeah but i liked this quote they said the patriarchy emphasizes men's role as the primary breadwinner and discourages them from prioritizing their families it pressures men to place work above what matters most leaving them with immense regret and forces women to absorb two-thirds of unpaid household labor. labor. Mm-hmm. So I bring that up just to say that there's like, there's a lot we can learn from seeing what people's regrets are when they're right. nearing death. When when people have the experience of knowing that their death is coming and have time to reflect on it and share things with other people, what are mm-hmm. they saying that can teach us things? For example, learning that, that for men 
their their biggest regrets often be working too hard and not spending time with loved ones can help point to things about the patriarchal system that we live in and how it's harming men and what we can do about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my last little note here is that another Instagram account that I love called Moon Omens uh, reminds you, if you feel off track, please remember there is no track. This is your life. It ebbs and flows and twists and halts and speeds up. It all belongs. Stop trying to be a robot who is productive and perfect all the time. You're not a robot. You're a human. Be alive to it all. I really like that little, I, I felt like that kind of closely ties back to those regrets that people experienced about having the courage to live a life true to yourself, not working mm-hmm. too hard, having the courage to express your feelings, staying in touch with people you care about, and letting yourself be happy. Yeah. The end. That's so nice. Yeah, <laughs> what a nice way to end that one. That was... I I don't think that needed a trigger warning. I appreciate okay. that you did that earlier, but um, that was that was really nice. Yeah, and I think it was a really good reminder for all of us to go out and look around and see if we feel like we're liking our lives. Yeah. yeah. Well, and to not lose sight, I think part of it for me, like the reason this topic is interesting to me, is that I I don't want to lose sight of the, our mortality. I think we spend so much time avoiding that topic. That we get caught up, again, in these, like, hamster wheels that are bullshit. And mm-hmm. if if you take a moment, maybe weekly, to remember that this whole thing ends with all of us dying. That's mm-hmm. what happens. And regardless of what you believe happens at that moment and what happens after that moment, the one thing we all know for sure is that we are all going to end up – our bodies will die. And mm-hmm. – all the stuff that seems like so stressful and important now, like try to picture how you might feel about those things on your deathbed and whether they're as important as you might think that they are and what what is important that you're not giving time and attention to. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a funny thing to be like, it's all so important and it's all so meaningless. To have both of those feelings, right? Yeah. Like the day-to-day, the things that we're focused on, the things that I'm like, as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to whatever. I'm going to clean. I'm yeah. going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they all matter and they don't at all. Yeah. 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 So cool. Thanks for sharing. That was a fun one. Yeah. What's your hot top? Mine is um, the opposite of the depth that you've provided us today, that rich tapestry. Yep. This one is because we are recording in early February and we just recently had Groundhog's Day. (laughs) And I've never really understood it. It was just sort of like a thing. I think I was introduced to it by the Bill Murray movie Groundhog Day in the early 90s. And then just like didn't really get the whole Punxsutawney Phil Groundhog up in Pennsylvania sees his shadow, doesn't like who cares. It just like all just didn't get it. So... I decided to research what, how and why and what on Brilliant. Groundhog Day. You know, this do actually you, does do tie you know about into this? my – This ties into my topic perfectly because we were just talking about whether or not we have, like, multiple lives and what happens when you die and what the meaning of life is. And that's exactly what the movie Groundhog Day is about. <laughs> oh, yes. Which I'm not actually covering that movie I very know, much I know. in I'm this just update. Saying. But you're right. I love it when connects. they're tied together. It connects. Okay. Uh, 
Well, okay. So for anybody who doesn't know, which just assuming maybe you're you're not in America, so maybe you don't know because we do have that amazing following in Nepal that keeps climbing and Germany. Hey, hey Nepal. Get a shout out again. All right, Groundhog Day is a quasi-American holiday. It's mostly this funny little tradition that happens in um, Pennsylvania, in the middle of Pennsylvania. On February 2nd, there's this club, the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club. They all gather at a place called Gobbler's Knob, which yeah. is like, what a name. It sounds it's dirty. Just, yeah, it's just a it's just a hill, y'all, where this where – this, um, groundhog allegedly lives except we know that he doesn't they like put him in there anyway they the part of this ceremony though is all of these dudes dress up in top hats and tuxedos and they go to this like square in the middle of town to and they wait for a groundhog that they've named punxsutawney phil and they wait for him to leave his little burrow and the idea is for anybody who doesn't know about groundhogs they hibernate and so he's waking up early feb and he's coming out and if he sees his shadow, it's an indicator that they'll have six more weeks of winter. And if he doesn't see his shadow, then allegedly spring will come early this year. Total nonsense. How and why did we get here? And no one ever explains it. They just expect us to accept it. Okay. Well, fun facts about all of this. Uh-huh. Groundhog Day actually started with a badger. <gasps> I know. You didn't think I was going to tell you that, but Badger's I did. Badger's Day. So, yes, Badger's Day. So, Was it a all... badger who was, like, posing as a groundhog? Like, wearing a groundhog costume? No. Oh. This was because the um, the day itself, like, marking early February, like, why is it happening right now and the meteorological stuff, all of this has its roots over in Europe around the Celts. Um, they have like four quarter days to mark the seasonal changes that aren't the solstice and equinox. So there's like May Day, All Saints Day, which happens in November, something in February that then became our American Badger's tradition Day. of Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Right, Badger's Day. So in, in Europe, it was Badger's because they didn't have groundhogs. That's a very North America thing. So that's the reason it started with Badger's. And then um, the fourth one, I forgot. Oh, Candlemas. Oh, yeah. So Candlemas was the February one that happened um, over in Europe. And actually, there was a poem about it in 1678 penned by a naturalist named John Ray. If Candlemas Day be fair and bright, winter will have another flight. If on Candlemas Day it should shower and rain, winter is gone and will not come again. Oh, so it was just like a cute poem about like on this specific day, if it's sunny or rainy, that's how you're going to know whether winter's almost over. Right. Because if there's like less moisture in the air in winter and it's so the clear day is like what lets you know that winter is not wrapping up but uh, if the weather is starting to change it's overcast or it's raining that's how you know spring is coming so that's why the cloudy days mean that winter is Heat. over because it always seems like the wrong opposite thing that a cloudy day means winter is and over so and a sunny exactly. day means it's still going <gasps> Thank we you. are basically exactly. meteorologists now. 
Exactly. So it started, though, with this, like, Candlemas was just like, everybody take your candle and go get it blessed because it's a dark day. And so you light it kind of winter solstice style to, like, remind you of brighter times to come. And so that was where this poem came from. And that was just the time of year where you would look to see if spring was around the corner. Uh The animal meteorology element didn't come until German speakers from different parts of Europe started coming and hanging out with the Celts, mixing their own beliefs into the holiday. But instead of a groundhog, it's a badger. And so um, there was like some, some person wrote at some point that the German badger was the Candlemas weather prophet. And that's where they started adding this idea that badger comes out and sees its shadow because it's sunny winter is going to keep going Mm -hmm. and if it's overcast so then he'll come he'll just go back and keep hibernating and that's what they're looking at these animals that hibernate if they're done hibernating it's because spring is coming if they go back in their burrow and keep sleeping winter keeps going so that's yeah that's where that's where all this comes together magical candlemas poems badgers coming in and out of their burrows well then the Celts and all the Germans and all the people, they come to America. And that's where you get the Pennsylvania Dutch in particular are the ones that popularized that older way of tracking cool. whether or not winter yeah. was being extended. And they looked around. They're like, not a lot of badgers, but you know what we have a lot? And they're also subterranean hibernators, groundhogs. Brilliant. So this all, so tracks it all back to like late 1800s. That's when, based on some diary entries, this really started taking off and being like a really big deal. Um, What other things was I going to tell you about? Um, Oh, this is fun. So did you know that Punxsutawney Phil is not the only hedgehog doing predictions about winter or spring well he's not a hedgehog at all i meant you know what i mean oh groundhog things are yeah yeah groundhog hedgehog some hog he's a hog he's a hog i got i got lost in my notes because there's other animals being mentioned i should have highlighted okay there's a (laughs) staten island chuck in new york that's okay there's a pierre c shadow in louisiana and they spell it E-A-U-S. Yeah, that's so Louisiana. And there's a thistle, the whistle pig of Ohio. And those are all groundhogs, not hedgehogs, Rachel, obviously. Obviously. And there are also weather prognosticators, but there's only one Phil. He's the famous one that's been on the Today Show. He's been on Oprah. Now, um... They don't live for hundreds yeah, of years. Yeah. They have a it's they a have new an average fill. lifespan of six. So it's a new Phil. Um, and did you know that Phil is married no. to Phyllis? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's her name, Phyllis. How come Phyllis According never to gets the to Punxsutawney predict the weather? Groundhog Club. Well, I mean, if 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 it's like men in top hats and tuxedos, just like it's a it's, it's a boy all, party again. So misogyny. Okay, whatever. I know, and all of them, including Phil, what's their number one deathbed regret? That they didn't spend more time with their gals exactly. and their loved ones. Exactly. That they worked too hard. Yeah, that they just worked too hard. They were up on Gobbler's Knob or whatever. Ugh. Just like, ugh, you know, making all these regrets. Anyway, um, if you're wondering about the accuracy of this way of weather predicting, it's not great. It's not good. So, of, yeah, um, basically, Phil almost always sees his shadow. There's a, of the, it's like 120-ish times that they've been, like, recording this. 107 times he sees a shadow, and then the remaining balance, he doesn't see a shadow. It does seem that when he, um, 
see doesn't see a shadow so spring is coming it's even though it's less often it tends to be more accurate and i think the main reason is because if it's already warm enough to be raining in february like springs spring is sprung whereas like if it just happens to be a random day that's not raining has nothing to do with whether or not winter is getting extended yeah. so that's basically the flaw in that logic y'all um, so yeah, so he's right about 30% of the time. Yeah, I so guess it's interesting don't to make your decisions based on him. It's interesting to hear some of the like data behind it because it just seems very obvious on its face that none of this is logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you go all the way back, you understand how like, we got there here. was some logic. Yeah. There were some really good things that people were using that were helpful. Yeah, but like farmers. based on one day doesn't make any sense, even if there's no, no groundhog. Like, but they had to figure out how to marry what we were doing with the badgers to predict spring coming with the Celtic religion because all the Christians came in and they were like, How do we take all your holidays and make them ours? Yeah, so you can get Christian. But it's so not a Christian holiday still, right? Groundhog Day. No, oh, but that's that's the reason. That's the that the Candlemas part gotcha. is like why this eventually became Okay. I'm tracking Groundhog now. Day. I'm tracking now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you now have little bits that when all combined don't make any fucking no sense. No sense. No sense at all, <laughs> nope. but super fun. That's a great hot top. Thank you. Yeah. Now we all know. So now next time February 2nd rolls around yeah. and you see those guys up on Gobbler's Knob, you'll know what they're talking about and, and why it doesn't matter. I think I want to watch Groundhog Day now. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it this week. Do you want to go do it like now while I'm unpacking boxes <gasps> and stuff? Because I've seen it so many times, I don't really have to be paying attention. I can do other things. In that case, yes, because I have time for about half of it before I have to go sailing. Oh, yeah, you're sailing. That's right. Okay. So that's perfect. Okay, Okay, everybody, now you know what we're doing the rest of today. Well, thanks for the hot tops and the chicken chat. (laughs) Um, We do have our little outro this time is just that um, for me to tell you about my nephew's chain letter. Um, (gasps) Yes, please. This episode was very heavy on nephews, by the way. Um, So do you remember getting... (laughs) Chain letter emails. Yep. Forward this to 20 people or you'll have bad luck for the rest of your life. Yeah, just stress me out, even though I knew they were probably not real. Yeah. But what if they were? Right. Do it. There was a certain age at which you felt like I have to forward it on because I don't want to get jinxed. Well, and I used to get most of them from my grandma. Oh, my and gosh. And so I was also, like, there was that part. I didn't want to disappoint her. And a lot of them are like, you have to send this back to the person who sent it to you. If I get this from at least 10 people, I'll know that I'm loved or whatever. It's Exactly. It's and toxic. I wanted her to know that she was loved. It's toxic. It's well, I thought all that was over with. It is not. False. Ooh. They are still happening. <gasps> I got a text message from my two eldest nephews. I got the same message from each mm-hmm. of them yesterday. And it's one of those long chain text messages that's like, <laughs> forward this on, send it back to me. If I don't get it from you, I'll understand, but I also won't feel loved. And um, <gasps> that what I wanted to oh tell goodness. you about was the beginning line was something to the effect of, if you were murdered, I would not go to your funeral. <laughs> I would be in jail for killing the person who murdered you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the text message I got from my two elementary school aged nephews yesterday. 
I did not, in case you're wondering, I didn't forward it on to 15 people. I didn't even send it back to them. I just did a little heart. Oh. Yeah. That counts. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's important. Um, it's probably an important rite of passage for them to be doing that. It lets them know, like, who their good friends are and who they're not. Remember that you were constantly reordering the list. And oh, I'm really yeah. glad that you didn't send that to me because then I would have been conflicted about um, what to do, whether or not I needed to. Yeah, yeah I, like, I don't know. I don't want to disappoint my loved ones. And that's so funny. Oh, really also, funny. if I get murdered, I really don't want you to murder my murderer. Uh, no, that's not what we're doing. That's for you and anyone else. Listening. I will be do being doing radical social justice reconciliation with this person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do that. Like I'll be then, mad. I'll be mad at them. But yeah, I'm not feel, gonna kill feel your feelings. Yeah. but please don't. Please I will don't not murder them. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. That's all I wanted to end with. Okay. Well. That's so funny. I know. <laughs> Everybody, let us know if you have some hot top suggestions. If you want to submit your mm-hmm. own voice or responses to things, you can call or text if you know us or email schmodcastthepodcast at gmail.com. Find Schmodcast the podcast on Instagram. You can listen to this podcast on whatever you're listening to it on right now, but also yep. on <laughs> Apple and Amazon and Spotify and podcast addict that's it beep bop boop bop 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 boop boop beep bop beep 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 boop bop this has been a rebetchel production proud sponsors of rebetchel b-day extravaganza doing